0: This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Still a weird vibe around the city, for sure. You know, when a celebrity dies, the news cycle gets dominated for about 24 hours whenever Mm -hmm. you see that news cycle really expand into 48 72 hours like it has with Franco and deservedly so absolutely it just sets into perspective how massive of a figure he really was I mean we did our episode on Wednesday we did a full one if you want to take a listen to our Franco episode please do I won't be mad at you you Mm -hmm. pause this episode right now go listen to that and then you can come on back over here for us and we'll take care of you but we really illustrated how much he meant and this just really solidifies it that you know we're we're seventy 72 hours removed from it now and there's still going to be Top of Gaze on talk shows today mm-hmm. about it I know with Mark today we're going to have Wolf on you don't think that's going to come Absolutely. up at all with Craig Wolfley so like it just sets into place the magnitude of what kind of a person in this community, Franco was. Not just, was. A, Not a, just as a, a stealer. The figure, right? Yeah.
1: It, it, more than a man, really. And that's why
0: we're leading off this episode with a little Franco talk as well. Yeah. It's just this, the shockwaves are still being felt around the Pittsburgh community, around the NFL community.
1: Yeah, it's essentially impossible. I mean, I think that's a great way to say it too, Tom. It's more than just Pittsburgh. It's everyone who follows the sport. I mean, that play was named, the Immaculate Reception was named the greatest play in NFL history. I know on Ask and Answered, um, Labs provided that great uh, anecdote from Myron Cope in his book about the naming of the moment. And 50 years ago when it happened, the city was erupting and cherishing being there in the moment. And 50 years later, here we are now, remembering it as the greatest play in NFL history. And I I believe that's rightfully so, right? It's that That is well-deserved. And the fact that Franco untimely and and so sadly passed away the week of the 50th anniversary, I think kind of adds to the lore of it, don't you? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it kind of does in a weird way. The way you you didn't want it to be added. Absolutely. But we're here now. This is what the fact is.
1: Everyone was talking about this game and this play already this week before Franco had his untimely passing. And now that was amplified by a billion because so, I mean, you've heard, you've heard basically everyone in the sports industry, if they have one provide their one moment with Franco, right? Everyone who has worked in sports, whether they're from Pittsburgh or a national guy or, or from another city and they were working a game in Pittsburgh and they saw Franco, everyone who has a Franco story has been telling that story. And I think the great part of it is, Tom, is that they all have a story, right? Because Franco was that person who wasn't just going to mm-hmm. be a celebrity and kind of be reclusive from fans or from people in the media and just say, hey, I, I, I get it. You know, you love me. You love to play, but leave me be, right? No, he so, never
0: let the celebrity really creep into his psyche. No, at all.
1: it was always if you saw Franco, he was going to take the time to. Get to know you to the best he could in a very short window, and provide you with from the rest of time provide you with a great story to tell others of your interaction with Franco Harris.
0: No question, and I- I'm really curious about what Saturday night's going to play out like. Yeah,
1: as am I. I don't know how much will change. Well, compared let me, to what they let me tell you a little planned. something
0: that changed from a personal story of mine. Right? Okay, so yeah, I was I'd hanging out with one. a buddy last night who has season tickets to the Steelers. And this has been a debate that a lot of people have had. You know, negative two degrees is the feel like on, mm-hmm. on Saturday night. The team is six and eight against another six and eight team. There's still hope. We got playoff scenarios that can play out that the Steelers yeah. make it, but and for the Raiders too. Possibly, but it's a long shot. Yeah, as long of a shot as you for can both. remember yeah. in a while for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Christmas Eve night as well. A lot of families celebrating we'll with their family at that home. night as yeah. well. So those are three negative factors as far as why people may. Skip out on this game. Mm -hmm. My buddy who has season tickets said that him and his dad were going to skip out on the game. And now they're going. And now they're going because of the passing. His dad was at the Immaculate Reception. So there's definitely, I mean, I just got real-life confirmation that there's going to be a faction of people that were like, you know what, team's not doing too, too hot this year, and man, it's cold. Maybe a fireplace, watch a little Mm -hmm. Christmas vacation, hang out with the family. That doesn't sound too bad. Now that this has been added to the equation, I think it outweighs all the, well, it's going to be cold. A lot of people are going to flip now and say, I need to be there for the Franco-Harris game.
1: That doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Would you do the same if you had season tickets and you were like, I'm not
0: going to go, and then this happened?
1: I think it has that effect, not just on fans, possibly like alumni too, Tom.
0: And think about this. I saw Ed Bouchette, a great steeler writer, Hall of Fame-worthy steeler writer. Mm. Talk about, or take a screenshot of third party market sites for Steelers tickets. They were going for like 19, 20, 25 bucks on the resale. First of all, I bet that started to jack up a yeah, little absolutely. bit. absolutely. And second of all, kids from out of town, college kids who don't really get to go to Steelers games, that's mad affordable. And all of a sudden, it's a kind of a, a legendary night. Absolutely. It was going to be already, but to the 10th degree now, it's one of the most legendary, you know, spiritual, if you will, nights in Steelers history throw 25 bucks down and go to that game right. now, right? I'm a 22-year-old kid. What do I have to be around Christmas Eve for?
1: Again, I'll try to reiterate this. I think it goes beyond just the fans, right? I think or at, I I think there's a possibility, Tom, of some alumni, players, coaches, staff surrounding the team also had that same mentality. It's going to be cold. The team's not that great this year. I've seen Frank over a billion times, you know, just because he is that ever-present person or was that ever present person and now it's now that he is gone this is kind of a tribute to him it already was a tribute to that play and to him in that in that day yeah but this is kind of like I th- I think it's kind of like a paying your respects I mean I know for the funeral whenever that takes place all of his as many of his former teammates or as many of the not just his teammates who played with him but people who played on the team right we're going to try to make it to that funeral. I think this kind of adds to that, right? This is a part of that memorial. And I and I I think not just the fans, but I really do think, Tom, that there's a possibility you'll see a, a, an outpour of former Steelers showing up for the game.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that, too. I'm I'm curious to see who in the alumni circle are going to show up. I, I bet it'll be a pretty healthy contingent of people. I mean, I'm not going to speak for anybody, but would you be surprised if Rocky Byer shows up? Not at no. all. I would mean, you be surprised if Mean Joe shows up? Not. I mean, no. he's
1: usually... The two people who show up to these anyway, alumni events yeah. are Joe Green and were Franco Harris. I
0: wouldn't be and they're really all still f- so close to Franco that like they probably had it on their schedule that they're gonna come they there gonna and come be there anyways, for him anyway. Yeah. So I mean they were on they were on the field for that play. Now the one that I'm a little maybe interested is in is Terry. But I think he's having some health issues lately. Yeah, and right. Obviously his obligations at Fox. He's got a lot of stuff mm-hmm. to, he's going on. And you know, the other guys don't do much right now as far as network T V personality is concerned. So I kind of holding my breath still on Terry coming back. But I think this is probably the closest he's ever come to wanting right, to come yeah. back in a long, long time. Uh, so the best way for the Steelers, of course, I think, to pay homage to Franco. Maybe not the best way. There's so many great ways. And, you know, however you do it is right and appropriate. But get a win on the on the field too, right? Win this one for Franco, yeah, beat I the mean, Raiders.
1: Here's the thing about it too, Tom. With the the weather element added to it, I can just picture NFL films kind of drooling at the mouth for the old Steelers. I mean, they're going to be
0: wearing, we know they're going to be wearing their block numbers. Let's put it frankly here, okay? You have two six and eight teams playing in your 815 window on Christmas Eve. It just got a massive shot in the arm but as I'm far just as saying a, too, an with, event for the country to watch.
1: When you think of football, you don't think about it in Jacksonville with the th- sun beaming down. You You, you picture football with, Dark or gray skies and guys just lining up and clouds the of their motion, breath.
0: The slow motion. And you're going to see,
1: I mean, you're going to have to see that because it's going to be what? Negative 30 with the windshield? It's going to be terrible out there. But. That's what I'm saying. NFL films will be drooling because you're just gonna see guys and their three-point stance on the line of scrimmage and just clouds
0: of breath. No, it's it's going to look as aesthetically pleasing Absolutely. as you possibly can in a football and game. And when you
1: have the Raiders and the Steelers, these old franchises going up against each other, it just there's so much to it that is adding to the experience of of of, of watching this game.
0: And in a weird way, like Christmas Eve is kind of a perfect night. That's a night yeah, filled right. with nostalgia, mm-hmm. and you're with your family, and stories are being told. I mean, I mean how many talk- people are going to be around their family on that night before the game starts? They're going to be like, let me tell you about the 70 Steelers. Come over here on Uncle Bill's lap, and I'm going to teach you all about the Immaculate Reception.
1: Hundreds of thousands of Steelers fans, older Steelers fans, of course, will be saying, let me tell you how I was there. Yeah. Right? Millions of people were <laughs> <gonna laughs> Millions be- of people were there. Let yeah. me tell you about the day I that was I the was 50. there. I mean, let's, Tom. It's today. Today Today's is the, the 50th We're anniversary. This on Friday. Yeah, it's
0: the 50th anniversary. I know. Earlier this morning, Steelers Twitter account played the entire game. If you wanted to watch it, pretty cool. Which, uh, it's it's rare, I think, to see that Absolutely. game in entirety. You know
1: what I days. think is really great too is that I don't know if this would have come out if Franco hadn't passed away, but I have seen a lot of locker room interviews with. Frenchie and Franco and Terry and, and Coach Knoll about the play that I never saw before. And I thought it was incredible. I mean, how is this footage completely unheard of until this year? And I, like, I had never seen them comment on it. I'll
0: tell you one place where it's probably not unheard of that damn Steelers Museum. I still, gotta oh, I still yeah, got to get down. Oh, absolutely. Now I more both. than ever, yeah. I really need to get down. Oh, there. I get.
1: Can you imagine how packed that place could be oh,
0: on yeah. Saturday? Oh, I bet. I don't know if they're open on Saturday. They, they are. They, they are. I think they they're are. Open yeah. it up they're on always open on game on game days, days yeah. unless it's like a a one o'clock start. I think then they're not open. But if it's a four or an eight yeah. o'clock, I think they're open wide up for. And that's smart. They should be. Uh, how do you beat the Raiders on the field on Sunday on Saturday night though? I think the Raiders are a team that I would lean towards in a normal circumstance, mm-hmm. but. I mean, you can't ignore that this isn't normal circumstance, and you can't just ignore the emotional aspect of it and say that none of that translates to the field.
1: I'm gonna steal another uh, quote from Bob
0: Labriola here.
1: What did he call this kind of game? An event game. An event game. Yeah. An event
0: game. A moment game. Something like something that. Something like
1: that, where you know, it's the first game played in Heinz Field, or the last game played at Three Rivers, or Ben's last game. Ben's against last the Browns. game, the home game against, against the, the Browns. Browns yeah. This was already going to be an event game, right? Honoring the the Immaculate Reception 50 years later. But this absolutely... The Steelers have a billion shot in the arms for this game before Franco. And this added another billion probably to them. And Mike Tomlin steps up for event games. We know he... Primetime games, event games, he steps up for them. So I agree with you, Tom. Normal if this was like a one o'clock Sunday afternoon, not on the fiftieth say it's like the forty eighth or the forty seventh anniversary of the of the Immaculate Reception. I mean, yeah, the Steelers could easily lose. We Derek Carr's record against the Steelers, his his numbers against the Steelers pretty damn good. I think he's only second behind Tom Brady in terms of No, he's ahead of Tom Brady. Is he really? Yeah, he has eight touchdowns to one interception. He's, the best, he's the best
0: quarterback in the history of the NFL to play against the Pittsburgh Steelers. There
1: you go. But Derek Carr, on the 50th anniversary, on the week of Franco Harris's passing, on
0: <clears throat> Christmas Eve... Yeah, there's too much momentum yeah, going in the Steelers' absolutely. direction. I was coming into this week, honestly, before the passing happened, thinking I was picking Raiders in this game. I thought... Just felt like a bad matchup, you know. What the Steelers did well against Carolina, they made a one dim- they took a one-dimensional team and they took that dimension completely, completely out of the out picture. Of yeah, and yeah, Darnold made some big passes on third down to keep the game kind of interesting, but you took away their bread and butter, and they couldn't do really anything against you. Uh, you don't have that option against this Raiders defense. You take away Josh Jacobs, that's a lot easier said than done. First of yeah. all. And then Carr is very capable of beating you with Devontae Adams as well. So they are not one-dimensional. They're, they're built like a modern football team is, a team that can kick quick strike you, hit you on the home run, and they have a really, really strong running back to have a balanced running game to go along with that quick strike ability and that passing game with Carr and Adams and now getting uh, Waller back and Renfro back. It's a, It's only going to get better for them. So... The formula's got to be a little bit different, but I will say this. One thing that's going in the Steelers' favor, that 12th man as a defender, is the we- the weather in my mind. I mean,
1: Absolutely. Cold, yeah, I mean,
0: windy night. It's going to be tough to have a good passing game going. I think
1: I saw somewhere, too, well, Derek Carr in primetime games. Almost as bad as Kirk yeah, Cousins. Yeah, he's a little uh, under-the-radar Kirk there, isn't but he? But also, Kirk—or, er, sorry, I was at Kirk Cousins. Derek Carr in right, cold-weather games.
0: He's not good either. No, because think
1: about it. He played in Fresno State.
0: I then think he, he went to high school in California, too. Yeah, out. Oh, well, yeah, that. yeah.
1: And then went to Fresno State and then played in Oakland for a couple of years Oakland, and now Vegas. plays in the Dome in Vegas. Uh, he, apparently, he does not travel well. Yeah, I think he, Matt Williamson laid it out. He was born in
0: Bakersfield, California. Matt
1: Williamson always sends out to all of our SNR crew a huge stat sheet. It's it's incredible the research this guy does. Yeah, I think that gets published
0: on Steelers.com, too. I think it does yeah. now,
1: too, yeah. And... uh. He put in there Derek Carr's stats when it's, like, I think if the temperature gets below, like, 35 degrees, he is, like, it's two over. career
0: wins. Yeah. Well, think about last year. They played the Steelers in, what, was that week two? I think that was the home opener. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So and, they,
1: and not that they blew the Steelers out. You're talking about a
0: 65-degree sunny oh, day in it September, was, It was probably right? in the 80s because it's right? like, like, the
1: second week of September.
0: Yeah, so... And then I remember the Ben MRI game that Derek Carr beat the Steelers in. That was played in fabulous Oakland, California. Mm-hmm. So maybe there is something to that, and getting him later in the year uh, can really help. And even though the Raiders' offense is a high-powered offense on paper, that hasn't always translate every single week to the field. I mean, they should have lost to the Patriots last week. They had a double-digit oh, absolutely. lead. They blew that lost. double-digit yeah. lead. I guarantee you if they just go down, the Patriots win that game in overtime. They had Tom, all the momentum, and the Raiders' offense kind of sputtered. It, it, the Raiders' offense kind of does this thing where they're like, wow, Devontae Adams just dropped two touchdowns on your head and look up at the scoreboard. You're down 17-3 to three before you even know uh-huh. it hits you. But then it kind of just stays at 17 or stays at 24 they, they for a while. They can't get close it out. that threshold. They can't do it and very Tom, consistently.
1: That would have been, I believe, their fifth, if not fourth, uh, loss in the season after having a double digit if lead, the Patriots
0: wouldn't have just made the biggest boneheaded. Made, play in maybe NFL
1: the history. worst play in NFL history. I mean, talk about the best play in NFL history in the immaculate reception. That might have been the
0: worst. Yeah, do you remember? Like, what was the play? The Browns play against the Jets earlier this year when Joe Flacco beat them. There was a terrible, terrible boneheaded play from the Browns. I don't line. remember. I know there was but the it's, onside it's, kick it's that they recovered. It's saved now completely because this right. This takes is the, the worst cake. for sure. It's the worst.
1: But I, the Raiders are on pace. I mean, because they still have three games left, they they have the potential to have the most losses in a season while having a double digit lead at some point in a game.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Like, listen, here's an example of how hot and cold they are. They beat the Texans earlier this year, 38 to 20. Right? They put up 38 Mm -hmm. points. The next week, they go to New Orleans and get shut out. They don't score a single point against the Saints. Then they go to Jacksonville, they only score 20 points. They only score 20 points against the Colts, 22 against Denver. Then it's a 40-point explosion against Seattle. Then a 27-point game against the Chargers, that's pretty good. Then you can only score 16 points against Mm -hmm. the Rams. They can't find the consistency with the offense. So hopefully you're getting the offense on the downslope instead of their few games where they put up 40, 38, 32. Those games are fewer than the ones where they kind of stall out a little bit as the game goes on. Yeah, I, I mean it's hard to believe this offense was shut out this year, and then also right. even harder to believe that it was by the New Orleans Saints, who are good I, defense but not that
1: decent. Good. But they're also aren't they like a six and eight or five and nine team? Yeah, they're so not like that right great around the
0: same the same tier as the Raiders are. So that offense being no one gets shut out in 2022, and for right you're, you're allowed like
1: out. based on the the league's love for offense and you know kind of the refs favoring offenses a little bit, defense has obviously kind of taking a a backseat to offense you don't really see shutouts anymore I mean like you remember I think it was the 76 season for the Steelers how everyone said oh my gosh they had like five shutouts in a row and like eight on the season you'll never see that again ever right
0: I agree that's why it's shocking And and especially
1: especially with this offense Josh Jacobs uh, Devontae Adams, and I know they've been in and out, but still you had available throughout the season at points Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. And yeah. to have that offense be shut out, it's just, on, you. you would never guess
0: it. I mean, they just lost to the Rams two weeks ago. <laughs> right. By only scoring 16 points. Against Baker Mayfield. Against Baker Mayfield, and I know Ramsey was back in that game, but Ramsey's not as good as he used to be. And Donald wasn't playing. So, like, you couldn't score more than 16 points against that Rams defense. I will say this the Rams are still a well coached outfit. So, you're going to get a tough game every time you play. Yeah, Sean McVay is a great coach. Probably out out coach Josh McDaniels. But but 16 points, you got to get more than that. I really hope the Steelers are getting this offense on a day where they sputter more than they spark. And I think the elements, Uh both the momentum of what's happening in Steelers Nation and just the cold weather nature to Derek Carr sucking in the cold and everybody kind of sucks when it's really cold outside. This offense probably won't be as explosive as it can be. And that's a great thing for the Steelers. And I'll say this too, Tom, I think it's going to come down to Josh Jacobs, right? i yeah, you would, they can hem him in and make them pass a lot. I know Adams is scary, but I think that's the poison I'd rather take in a game that's negative five, feels like. Right. I mean, I don't think – I mean, you would – Because if you're running the ball successfully in that wet weather, that hurts the defenders a lot more. I
1: don't know what's going to happen because I, would, I was going to give Josh McDaniels a lot of credit because earlier in the week, we did, right? We said it was a really bad start. They've won, what, four of their last five or something like that, and the one loss coming against the Rams – But then again, they also lost to, or maybe it wasn't four of the last five, something where they've turned the season around to a decent record and a a not really embarrassing record with only three or four wins on the season. But, I mean, we were just talking about the Rams' loss. But don't forget, Tom, a couple of weeks ago, Josh McDaniels lost to Jeff Saturday.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right? That was Jeff Saturday's first win. That was his first game
0: coaching, wasn't it? I don't know if it was his first game. I think it was. Game. Yeah, I think it was. Either way, it's his only win as, as an NFL head coach, as an interim head coach.
1: Right, because they lost to the Steelers. They, Eagles, they, lost... they lost
0: to the Eagles, Steelers, Cowboys, Vikings. Yeah, right. Yep. I know. It's a it's a team that is scary on paper, but you have to keep in the back of your mind that they're not executing any form of consistency. This is a team that, on paper, should absolutely be eight and six at the worst right now, and the fact the that yeah, and the fact that they're six and eight tells you that they're not gelling as a team yet. The coaching staff hasn't really put their imprint on this this locker room yet, and maybe next year they'll be a lot more dangerous. But I, I, I like to keep thinking about, you know, yeah, they have some of the best weaponry in football, but the execution hasn't been there, and. You don't play these games on paper. So,
1: no, but that's why I'm kind of th- wondering like, the games aren't played on paper. So, is Josh McDaniels going to think, like, overthink this game and put the ball in Derek Carr's hand and take it out of Josh Jacobs?
0: Hmm.
1: Like, you would think, like, okay, it's going to be freezing. Carr doesn't play well in cold weather. Give Jacobs the ball like 30 to 35 times. That's what you need to do.
0: That's what I but think the Steelers are. Is Josh
1: McDaniels going to think it, like, overthink it?
0: I don't know. I think sometimes things in temperature and in the environment that you play in just dictates you to do things that a certain way and you, you can't really overthink it. But we got we got a lot more to get into about Steelers and Raiders. I want to talk about Kenny Pickett coming back. Of course, The mm-hmm. uh, Steelers rookie will return to the lineup after returning from his second concussion. So we'll get into what we think Kenny Pickett can do against this Raiders defense It's really bad against the pass. So hopefully, you know, he's going to be playing in that bad conditions, too. Maybe he can move the ball through the air it's, a little bit this in is his game, first bad weather real game. Real bad weather yeah. game in his ever. You don't play this late in the season in college, no, so you don't. didn't get kind of this experience at Pitt at all. Subscribe right now to the Mike Tomlin Game Day podcast. Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola talks with head coach Mike Tomlin about the upcoming game. New episodes drop every game day. It's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Kenny Pickett and more on the way next. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Offerman. This is the Steeler standard.